This episode of A Little Juju Podcast is brought to you by The Hour. The Hour is a lifestyle brand that offers a wide range of products from herbal workings to unique designer fashions. All of the herbal workings are handcrafted and bathed in good juju by its creator, Mama Zodi. So run on over to their site and sign up to be notified of when their limited edition fashion drops happen. And this is a side note. They ain't paying me to say this, but the stuff is cute that they got coming. <laughs> their site is www.thehourll.com. And that's three lowercase l's to make the Roman numeral three. So it's the hour three. And also check out their Instagram at the underscore hour LLL. All you need is a little juju. Welcome, 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 a.k.a. Aquaba. Aquaba. <laughs> Aquaba, welcome to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, ourselves, decolonizing our spiritual practices on our journey to freedom because liberation exists in the spiritual realm as above, so below. I'm your host, Juju Bay. Also, Aquaba means welcome. Shout out to my Ashanti gang gang. <laughs> I'm your host, Juju Bay, and I come to this show as a melanated. I've been watching videos all day where people have been saying melanated. So now I'm melanated today. As a melanated black empress queen, <laughs> uh, I am a Reiki practitioner. I'm a hoodoo. I'm an Orisha devotee. I am an ancestral devotee as well. I am a religious enthusiast. Remember I was calling myself a theologian? Should I say that again? Whatever. Let's decolonize what it means to be a theologian. You didn't have to go to school. A theologian and most importantly, a bad bitch witch. And I'm so glad that you all are here today to spend some time and you know another hour with the girl um if you would like to keep up with the show you can always hashtag aljpod on the socials to keep up with the conversation see who else may be listening maybe we'll meet some community that way um if you are interested in having me speak about the topics that i speak here at your school at your retreats on the playground child <laughs> uh email me at juju at it's jujubay.com also, let me add, I only have one Instagram. Well, I have technically have two. I have one that's at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, and I have another one that is a little juju podcast spelled out just how it sounds um, because the girls got fake pages. So I feel like I need to say that first. If, if, <sighs> let me say this. L- matter of fact, let's drop the intro and then I'm going to get into these damn scammers. But hey, all you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. Never keep a play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but that manifest a little with my bay leaves. 
Oh my gosh, I've been so annoyed because I have a scam page. I have multiple scam pages. And it's not the first time I've ever had a scam page. Um, every so often, someone makes a fake page and adds an extra I in its jujube or does an extra underscore or puts an underscore in it. And eventually it's deleted. Instagram is pretty good with that. But recently, I've had so many scam pages pop up and... Instagram is not doing its job Instagramming, but y'all know I have gone off on Instagram on this podcast a few times because it's just, it's just too much. So please, just like I say, no babalows in the DM, no juju base, no juju base in the DM. Juju Bay, <laughs> Juju Bay is not going to DM you and ask if you want a reading. Juju Bay is not going to ask you in your DM for money. Juju Bay is not gonna ever do that juju bay doesn't give readings right now um and will not <laughs> there are no juju bay in the dms so i'm i'm so i feel so bad for the people who were scammed out of their money um unfortunately it's nothing i can do about it but continue to say no i'm not gonna dm you i'm not gonna say spiritual practitioners don't dm you for readings because apparently some of them do however as for me in my house that's a no-no I don't do that I don't solicit clients in the DMs. so keep your eyes peeled and this is a lesson on trusting our intuition being smart and what else reading child we we gotta read we gotta make uh, we gotta read I don't know if y'all can hear but um it is raining pretty hard outside we're kind of getting the impacts of Ida um, in Baltimore right now, there's actually a tornado warning. I don't imagine it will be too bad, um, but we have been ha- impacted by strong winds before. So uh, it's just very, it's a gloomy kind of day. Um, but the, the rain sounds nice. It's very relaxing, but it's also just, uh, Hetsy told me earlier that the the moon was in Cancer. So it's one of those days it's raining outside. It's a tornado warning and the moon is in Cancer. I'm just feeling like, <laughs> can I cry? Like, I just won't cry. I'm not going to cry. I ain't got no reason to cry today. But that's just, just kind of how I've been feeling. More church announcements. Let me say that the last episode that we had with Ahime and Gary did so well, but more importantly, so many people signed up for our class. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you if you did sign up. If you did not sign up, you are in luck, beloved, because the playback is on Nova Network. So you can head on over to Nova. I will also put the link in the show notes uh, so that you can get the recap. And y'all won't believe, I've been posting everywhere, so... If you've been on my social media, you know this. But SZA, yes, SZA. Like, la, 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 la. That's SZA. Uh, what's another song she had? Think I got it covered for the weekend. Okay, so guess who has SZA covered for the weekend? Me, Ahime, and Gary. Because she done popped up 
she was in the class. Once I was um, done my my section and I was doing facilitating the Q and A, I was like, okay, any more questions? Okay, no, blah blah blah. And then Jade, who is one of the founders of Anti, they were both like, hey, someone else has a question. And I'm like, okay, what's up? What's popping? And whole time, this little sweet voice comes on, like, hi, my name is like SZA. And she came and she dropped some gems. She was so sweet. She was talking about, you know, being new to this practice and all this stuff. Um, I ain't going to spill all her tea. But if you get the playback, you'll be able to have the whole experience with us. And you will see that me. I know I'm too cool for school. Like, I've just, I've never been somebody who who is super starstruck outwardly. So... You know, I was keeping it real cool and professional and just smiling. I had one moment where I was like, ah! but it was it was short lived. Um, but that's just because I'm I just don't show emotion. <laughs> but trust me, I was losing my damn mind because I've been listening to that girl since about 2012. So definitely shout out to Jane Ty, shout out to Nova Network, shout out to everybody that came. Y'all who were there were so lit, asking such good questions. The chat box was popping. Um, just thank you, thank you, thank you. I love to teach and I love when people show up to learn um, so that we can learn together. It was such a good space. So had to say that. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, everything has been pretty cool in my life. I feel like I'm in the process of just kind of figuring out who it is that I am and what what my legacy is and what impact I want to leave. And I just see that throughout different aspects of my life with my friends and my family, how I'm showing up for people, with people. Uh, so it's been, and who, and who I'm running into and who I'm running across. So I recently met Mama Coco. And for those who don't know, Mama Coco was in um, the Netflix documentary um, In My Mother's Garden. And don't turn about it. I still have not had a chance to watch that because I don't watch, I'm sorry, In Our Mother's Garden, it's called. I don't be watching TV and it's really bad. It's 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 so bad. So that's obviously on my list, but I met Mama Coco and definitely watch In Our Mother's Garden, by the way. Definitely get into her work. I just ordered her book. But her energy is so infectious. She's just like a real one. You know what I mean? Like she's just real. She's going to give it to you raw on a filter. She's going to say what she wants to say. And we just love our elders who just put us on game. But also who just be funny as shit. <laughs> like She's funny as shit. I was over her house for hours. Um, my friend Kondwani introduced us. And, you know, he be talking to her. So... Yeah, we were just over there so long and and just getting gems dropped and she's just talking about stuff and it was so, so good. So I'm trying to get Mama Coco on the podcast, so we're going to see, but hopefully she graces us with her presence because I know if she ever gets on here, it's going to be a key, y'all. It's going to be a key. And I'm sure she was a key on our, in our mother's gardens because that's her personality, so definitely check it out. I'm going to check it out soon. I promise. And maybe we even just need to have an episode about that because I know so many of y'all were like, have you watched it? Have you watched it? And I'm like, no, but especially now since I met Mama Coco, um, that's, that's seeming like what I need to do. Okay. So anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, let's get into our donations, of course. And then we go get, get, get it popping. <laughs> 
Ya me abrazó. I'm a I'm a be showing my age because y'all y'all be young on here, but okay. All you need is a little juju. A Little Juju podcast is written, hosted, and crafted by me, Juju. And this process is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless because podcasting is not free. It takes time, money, and resources to produce this show for you, which is why contributions are so important. And there are a few ways to donate to the show, both monetarily and non-monetarily. So monetarily, the first way I'll mention is through Patreon. So Patreon is a way that you can contribute to the show monthly. So on the first, around the first of every month, Patreon automatically takes out whatever you choose to donate, ranging from $1 to a million dollars, as many dollars as you like. And uh, this is simply to help support a little Juju podcast. But depending on your level of donation, you may get a few extras. I'm thinking ebooks, classes, discounts, updates, tutorials, my patrons know it's a lot of different things going on in there. And that is a wonderful way to be in a committal support system with the podcast. Now, if that's a little too much for you, you're not ready for that, understood. You can always just hit me up on the cash app, dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, or on Venmo, it's Jujubay, or through PayPal at paypal.me slash J-U-J-U-B-A-E. And for the non-committal ways to donate, that is shouting the show out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your homie, tell your lover, tell your sister, tell your brother. Tell everyone about a little Juju podcast who you think would benefit. Shout me out. Repost the episodes when they come out. Just help spread the good Juju gospel. Also, subscribe, rate, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Say, I love this podcast. It's really helped me so much. Those are all the ways that I really, really appreciate and also help contribute to the show. Okay, so big, big shout out to my new patties, aka my new bays who joined the Patreon. So big, big shout out to Camille Robinson. Thanks, Camille, for becoming a patron. Shout out to Tyler Grace, Petty Mogul. What's up, Petty? Shout out to Tiara Carter. Shout out to Courtney Smith, Ryan, Ashley Muse, Jasmine, Terena, Idea or, or Idea, I think it's maybe Terena, or Terene. Let's go with Tara. Let's go with Tara Thank you so much, Boo. Shout out to Nicole, Hakeem, Jada Reed. Shout out to Danae. Shout out to Amanda Yusi, Alyssa, Jordy C, Brittany Saunders, Joy Hart, Rachel Singh. It's in the stars and Casey Gable. Thank y'all so, 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 so much for being a patron. I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you as you share the energy of money and abundance with me. I share back with you tenfold. I speak blessings over your finances. I speak wealth over you. I speak prosperity over you. May you have the resources to do, have, be, believe, dream, all of the things that you want to be, all of the things that you want to have. I pray that you have it. And I just say thank you. Tell my editor to edit that part out. But no, we're going to keep it because I felt like that was the affirmation from the spirit. So all the patrons got a little bit of extra juju with that little beep, 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 beep spirit said. And so it is, baby. So and so it is. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. All you need is a little juju. So today is Juju for the Culture, uh, which is where I talk about things that are going on culturally in the world, often pop culture and celebrity culture, but not always. And I just have my juju take on it. 
So today, um, I I will feel like I am remiss to not talk about Hurricane Ida and, you know, its impacts on Louisiana as well as Mississippi and Alabama, I believe, and also just other places too. Like, to, you know, earlier I said we have a hurricane warning today in Baltimore. So all of this is just some impacts that Ida is, is having, but particularly in Louisiana, I know that folks have lost a lot of power. We don't know when the power is going to come back on. People have had to evacuate. Some people have had to stay. So it's a lot going on. So we're sending our good juju to um, everyone who is being impacted by Ida, wherever you are. And I will leave some links if I can find some reputable ones on how to support folks who are being impacted. Now, of course, y'all probably know what I'm going to talk about. Um, and I don't have a specific tweet in general because I saw a few. And one of them that I was about to screenshot, the girl done deleted. It was like the tweet was deleted by the author. So, you know, when the girls delete the tweet, they realize people, people was probably, uh, was dragging them. And so she deleted her tweet, but um, the amount, the amount of tweets that I saw that purported that the reason that Louisiana, specifically New Orleans, was experiencing the effects of a hurricane was because of voodoo and other quote unquote demonic spiritual practices. I saw so many tweets saying that. Basically alluding to the fact that because New Orleans does voodoo, people in New Orleans do voodoo, God is punishing. Okay, God is punishing people for doing voodoo. And it's just truly the most nonsensical bullshit that I've ever heard, but it makes sense. It makes sense to me why people say things like that because people say whatever they want out their mouth and the internet, everybody has access to the internet. Um, and the, the, how deeply we have internalized anti-blackness, anti-black spirituality, um, anti-Africanness, anti-African and indigenous spirituality, uh, how we have internalized colonialism, um, and how we are only to believe that Abrahamic tradition, particularly Christianity, because everybody who was making these tweets was Christian child. It wasn't no, it was not Muslim people making these tweets. I'm not saying that Muslim people don't think that I'm saying that everybody who fixed their fingers to type that the reason that folks experience natural disasters because of voodoo, these people were all Christian and saying that uh, God is punishing New Orleans. And when I see things like that, I appreciate it because sometimes I get trapped in the bubble of, you know, talking to y'all or talking to my spiritual family or talking to my friends, even if they don't even practice what I practice, even when they're Christian, they understand that there's a place for this work. You know, they believe in the work. We believe in this. So when I, it's like the shade room, you know, when I see people say things like that, I'm like, oh yeah. Majority of people think that this is bullshit, think that it's a lie, think that it is evil, think that it is demonic, think all of these wild things about it that I don't think about because I'm not in contact with those people every day or regularly at all, which is a privilege, which is a privilege that I'm glad to have. 
And I can't imagine what it must feel like to be from these places and think that. Because a lot of these people also who were tweeting it were not impacted by Ida personally. They were like, yeah, and that's why they over there. So it was very much, it wasn't like, I feel like this, he's doing this to, God is doing this to us because I'm, it was God is doing this to y'all because y'all over there doing this and that. There's so many things wrong with it. Um, And to be honest, I mean, there are examples in the Bible of God causing, wreaking havoc on the world or threatening to wreak havoc on earth because of what's going on um, in the physical realm, what's happening on earth. But niggas, hurricanes been happening for a long motherfucking time. Hurricanes are natural disasters that come naturally. If anything were to be blamed for not even a natural disaster, but the response to a natural disaster, which I have heard from people local to New Orleans and Louisiana, the responses have been piss poor from the local government. The responses have been piss poor from the folks with money. The responses have been piss poor to the people who, you know, apparently there was a generator that they bought to protect them and the generator didn't work and the generator fell in the water. I don't know all the details. My point is that Instead of always trying to point the finger at folks doing voodoo or not, quote unquote, living by some type of moral code, maybe one, we can recognize that also nature is going nature. Maybe. And nature can absolutely fuck up whatever plans that we thought we had or whatever type of power plant or generators we thought we had that could work. Nature will always remind you that you're not smarter than me. But most importantly, the response to nature and the response, which should have been having supports for people, which should have been having money so that to help people evacuate who weren't able to, who wanted to, the, the response should have been having proper relief for people. AKA the jobs of governments, FEMAs, those entities did not step in how they were supposed to, as I am reading and have heard from people there. So what is our obsession with, and particularly what is, what is Christian folks obsession with blaming everything on everybody who ain't Christian or blaming everything on things you don't understand. It's, it's, it's gay people. Gay people are the reason the black family is, is, is deteriorating quote unquote. People who practice voodoo are the reason that Louisiana has our gates. Like it's just like, I don't know how to get people to see and maybe it's like maybe it's not my work or maybe it's not our work completely to get people to see that it's not what they think it is but I just talked about this in the class that I did the intro to ATR class it's like 
the 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 decolonizing journey is forever. It will always exist. Um, it'll probably exist even after we're dead. To be honest, I think that that work it it doesn't stop. But I don't know. It just—I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going. I think it—I think it just makes me sad, and I wish that people could find it in their hearts to be a little bit more open. Because with that same logic, people practice voodoo. People practice traditional indigenous, non-Christian spirituality um, all over the world. So why didn't God just give us a quick one-two, like like with Noah's Ark? Give us a quick one-two. Flood all our asses out. And we'll start over and have two animals of each who need to repopulate. Like, it doesn't, there's no logic. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all know this. But it's just, it I, it, it makes me, it it grounds me. But it also makes me sad. But actually, mostly it, it grounds me. Because it shows that we have so much work to do. We have so much work to do. Um, for our decolonizing journey and not just for those people who say ignorant shit, but just the ignorant shit that we carry around in our own minds and say. So this is just me sending love to everybody who has been impacted by Ida. This is me, you know, listen, I can't speak for God, child, but if that was the case, I think we would have got fucked up a little bit more. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's interesting that I wanted to talk about this and, um, with our topic a little bit later, I didn't know what to talk about and I pulled some cards and I'm just going to talk about those cards that came up, but I feel like this kind of all is, is flowing into what our responsibilities are, how we decolonize, how we sometimes have to sit with uncomfortable shit, but just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad. Um, so yeah, I'm sending love to everybody. Um, good energy of stable housing, food, proper shelter, lights, electricity, um, and the, and the ability to sustain and mutual aid and mutual aid. So maybe we can find some good organizations who are engaging in mutual aid to support as we also send our good juju and prayers. So shut the fuck up if you out here saying that simple ass shit. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut up. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. Okay, so our next segment is a um a new segment that I want to call Wise Tales. And it's comes from the quote of old wives tales that's what people a lot of folks particularly african-american folks call our hoodoo traditions the old wives tales so if you sweep over somebody's feet you gotta spit on the broom but if you spill the salt you gotta throw it over your left or right shoulder and you can't walk under a ladder you know those quote-unquote superstitions but I want to call this segment Old Wise Tales because in every bit of, whether you want to call it mythology, fable, tale, whatever, there's a bit of truth. And I believe that. And Toni Morrison said that in an interview as well. And it's so true. 
Um, also, I told y'all I met Mama Coco. Mama Coco got pics and flicks with Toni Morrison, like, chilling. Like, that's that's her girl. Like, they hung out. It's just so, it was so interesting to just hold pictures of, like, her and Toni Morrison and pictures that she took or her husband took of Toni Morrison, um, like, in more intimate settings. But, so, Toni Morrison has been on my mind. Also, let me say that Mama Coco wrote a book um, basically scanning different texts written by Toni Morrison looking for African traditional religion, like looking for any type of, you know, ritual that she may have put in the book or referencing some type of spirits or conjure. And I've said on here before, I'm about to go, I'm not trying to go on a tangent, but let me just say, I've said on here before that if you want to know about conjure, you want to know about hoodoo, you want to know about working the roots, you want to know about the spirits, that you can read Toni Morrison. Now, Toni Morrison books aren't necessarily like, hello, my name is Toni Morrison and I'm writing about African traditional religion, or hello, my name is Toni Morrison and I'm writing about root working and conjure, but it's the way that it's so effortlessly woven into the stories that Toni Morrison writes. She doesn't have to say, hey, I'm writing about hoodoo, which for me kind of mirrors how we should think about hoodoo now. And a lot of our elders and ancestors thought about hoodoo too. They didn't say, hey, I'm over here being a hoodoo. I'm actually just over here being. I'm over here being black. I'm over here being a mama. I'm over here being whoever I am. But that is a part of me. And so that's how why I love Toni Morrison's books. One of the many reasons I love Toni Morrison's books because I think it uh, it's such a good um, it mirrors just it mirrors blackness in all of its facets, but not in such a way that it, it has to say, "Now look at me doing conjure. Look at this person." But she says it in a couple lines on this page and a few more words on this page. It's kind of like how black people do it. We talk about the quote unquote wives' tales. We don't maybe not talk about it all the time. But it's just a part of who we are that we don't have to name it hoodoo always or have to name it conjure. Though, you know, I name it hoodoo and conjure. I think we're in a new era now and it's important that we do that. But y'all know what I mean. So anyway, 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 going back to my new segment, (laughs) Old Wise Tales. I want to talk about the story of Africans flying. And I'm not sure if y'all have heard this before, but there's a tale or a story and... Um, that people share often about the flying African that they say at some point, you know, we used to be able to fly. Our ancestors used to be used to be able to fly. Um, they used to be able to walk on water. And when they came to America, they, they, they lost that power. I've heard different reasonings for losing that power. Um, one of them being, which I didn't find in my research, but I just heard this orally, was that we started eating salt, like the introduction of salt into our diets took away our wings I don't know I don't know if that was like a hotel I don't remember who said that but that is definitely something that I have heard and so sometimes people will say don't put food with salt on it on your altar because they say salt is what stripped us of our wings so this is a story um about enslaved Africans from present-day Nigeria they were Igbo they were of Igbo descent. This happened in May of 1803. And there was a slave ship in Dunbar Creek off St. Simon's Island in Georgia. And P. 
people notate this, historians notate this as a mass suicide. So that, you know, the our ancestors, our Igbo ancestors in Georgia at the time would have rather gone away than to have been slaves in the South. And so I don't know how many of them, but it was a lot of them uh, jumped off the ship. And that's not an uncommon story. We hear about our ancestors choosing a different life as a form of resistance. Um, some call, I'm, I'm not calling it, in a way, for some reason, there's something that is stopping me from saying suicide. Um, and also, maybe I could have added a, a trigger warning here that I am going to be talking about about that. Um, but I don't know what it, what's stopping me from calling it that. I don't know. I'm not saying that's right or wrong to call it that. It's just, I feel strange about it. I think it's because I, I feel like, mm, I don't know. Well, Maybe you'll understand as I explain the story. So our evil ancestors um, so but but oral tradition, instead of this quote unquote mass suicide, oral tradition of African peoples, and this is also a Gullah story, Gullah Geechee's people's story as well, they'll say that the ancestors flew, they flew back to Africa, or they walked on water to go back to Africa. So this is the story that was told. And this story is told and there's different books about flying Africans. There's different, uh, folk tales. There's different, um, written stories about this and, you know, poets, artists, filmmakers, musicians, novelists, everybody has kind of talked about their, had their own version of this tale. Um, and it happens in different places sometimes. Sometimes it's in that part of Georgia. Sometimes it was somewhere in South Carolina, but that this, these mass sort of returnings happened. And I think it's a powerful story. And to be honest, I didn't know that that was the story. I'm sure everybody was like, you ain't never read a flying African book. I think I did a long time ago, like the children's book, but I don't remember it. I didn't realize it was because they were jumping off of a slave ship. I didn't realize that. And that the story was passed down as they actually flew back to Africa so that they, they did not die. They went back home. They had the ability to go back home. Um, and Toni Morrison, I was looking at a, an interview with her and she was talking about, you know, the interviews of different people who have told this story and she was like, regardless of if it's true or not, there's always some truth in myth. You know, whether you believe that people was able to fly back or Af back to Africa or not, there was always truth in myth. Whether they walked on water, whether they flew back to Africa. I just, I share this because it felt very empowering to me to know that and obviously I knew that our ancestors, sometimes they, they, they flung themselves off of, off of slave ships for their own protection as resistance. Um, but it, it just made me feel empowered that there was a certain level of agency 
I think sometimes when I hear people talk about slavery and enslavement, they're like, yeah, our ancestors, they dealt with this and that, and we are the descendants of them. And that's true. And we also had ancestors who said, fuck, no, I'm not dealing with this. I would rather die or I would rather test out my wings. I would rather walk on water to see. I would rather leave this wretched place and go back to what I know or go back to something I don't know. Go to an ancestral realm. I know some type of belief was there, but that they also deserve to be honored too. They also were fighters to me. You know, yes, our ancestors who who labored and had to experience those brutal times were clearly extremely resilient and strong. But I also want to extend that strength to ancestors who believed and knew that they had wings or knew that they could walk on water or even who knew that the they would rather live amongst the sea. They would rather live in the Atlantic. They would, la- they would rather swim with the fishes. You know what I mean? Um, so eat regardless if some tales say that they drowned, some tales say that they flew and they didn't make it all the way to Africa and they ended up drowning. It, it still makes me feel, I don't know. It was just something, it just made me feel like, wow, we just come from a people. Like we come from a people. We really come from a people. I'm going to put the link in the show notes to where I saw the story and the the Toni Morrison interview. And also, let me say that the, the, the story of the flying African... It's no, um, it's unmarked, you know, on, on tourist maps. It's not somewhere that is, I mean, obviously, I mean, not obviously, because some places that, uh, slave and slave events happened or whatever, have some sort of memorial or remembrance. As far as I know, there's none of that. Uh, there's none, none of that there. So I don't know if, if folks off St. Simon's Island in Georgia are or around there or if you're there. But I think it's just a good place to give honor and praise and, and pray to and leave some offerings there. I've never been there. But now that I know where it is, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And I don't know if that's also where Gullah Geechee people are, like if that's the island close by. That I'm not sure of. Um, but I know that this is a Gullah Geechee, often told in Gullah Geechee uh, lore. So anyway, I just wanted to say that and um, just uplift one of our wise tales that we have. And I show the continued resilience of our people to always choose, to always choose. I say. Actually, there's a song that's in my head, and I don't remember who wrote it. I want to say it was someone. I know it was an organizer. I actually see her face. Sabrina? I don't remember. But there's a song that talks about this tale 
and I forgot about it, but as I was about to go to the next segment, it came to my head, so I'm going to sing it. Maybe I can carry it and share it. And I will put in the show notes who wrote the song. We are the children of the ones who did not die. We are the children of the people who could fly. We are the children of the ones who persevered. We are fearless, we are strong, and we're ready to carry on. And you just repeat that. So, <laughs> part of my voice. All right, y'all. All you need is a little juju. Okay, y'all, so bear with me because I'm still trying to figure out my words on this part because I have a lot of different things on my mind and I don't I'm not quite sure what's for me to say and what's not but I will start off by saying that today I went down a rabbit hole if you follow me on Twitter you probably saw a little bit of it I shared my thoughts I watched a video about why the Orisha and the Lawa did not save us from slavery. I know it's that's very deep. <laughs> I actually watched one and a half videos. I watched an Ia. I forgot her name. I did too. I don't remember her name. I watched that one. Then I watched another one of an African woman. Um, and a lot of what they said was very similar about why the Orisha and the Lawa didn't save us. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily what I want to talk about, but I will put the links to the videos because you should watch it if you're interested in that. Now, if you are someone who does not like to hear about black people, um, being cursed or that is a triggering statement for you, or that's not something that you are like, fuck no, I'm not about to listen to me being the descendant of people who are cursed, and that's why black people be dealing with bullshit today. Do not watch that. But if you can watch stuff like that and be okay, um, then I, I definitely recommend it. Because whether you agree with that or not, she did actually break down, both of them actually broke down a lot of, uh, spiritual components if you're trying to just understand more about Orisha tradition and Ifa and um yeah so that now I think there's so many different things in my mind like I said so I'm actually gonna I asked spirit today I said I don't really know what to talk about for the podcast so I need y'all to just guide my thoughts and guide this just guide my guide me. All you need is a little juju. And to give the message that, you know, the honorable spirits intend for me to give today. So I pulled, I wanted to pull three cards and they made me pull four. Now I got this new deck. It is called Chalks of Key Congo Luxury Deck for the Culture. And um, I love this deck. I love it. I love it. I'm still interviewing it. I'm still, you know, learning from it. I've only been pulling from it for maybe about a week, maybe less than a week, um, less than a week, but they're so good. And I think the, the Cosmogram and the Dikenga and the symbols really speak to me and my Congo ancestors really love it. So I pulled four of these cards. Now the first card that came up 
is the card of the energetic footprint. I wish y'all could see. One day I'm going to be a YouTube girl and record my <laughs> solo episode so y'all can see. But the first card is energetic footprint. And I'm going to just read the description. Everything you do in life is recorded and attributed to your energetic footprint. What you sow, you will reap in this lifetime and in the next. Opportunities to settle unresolved issues will present themselves as you move through different dimensions and reincarnations. Be mindful of the karmic remnants you create. You will have to answer for them. So, basically what this card is saying is we have to be careful and mindful of what we do while we are on earth. Because no good deed goes unpunished. That's basically what this card is saying. Everything that you do, good or bad, whatever dichotomy you may want to use or in the middle, you will have to answer for all of them. Whether you believe that you will answer and you go to God and, you, and God like, now why the hell on May 13th you did that? Bitch now, should you go up and down? Or if you believe ATR, we are we reincarnate or we become ancestors, we still have to answer for our doings. We still carry the impacts of the choices that we made when we were alive. That is the point. So this is asking us, what choices are you making now? Are you going to be proud of them? If you have children, will your children be proud of them? Have you tried to rectify any wrongs that you have made? And people after you will be impacted by the choices you make now. The things that we care about now, the things that we fight for now, the things that we want to bring into our lives, we do that hopefully, sure, for ourselves, but most importantly for people outside of ourselves and people who are coming after us, right? So this card is saying to be mindful of the energetic footprint. I thought that this was interesting after having watched that video um, about why the Orisha and the Loa, whoever, didn't help black people. Um, and I'll just go into it briefly because I'm still sitting with it and it was really a lot. It was really a lot. Basically, this concept... The reason that black people have experienced so much turmoil, trauma, and oppression is because of patriarchy. And I've said this before, this part, patriarchy is not a white man's um, invention. Okay? Patriarchy is old as time. Okay? Our ancestors from way, 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 way back in the day, our male ancestors, they, they... Some of them moved in patriarchy. They moved in misogyny, massage noir, you know, the, the subjugation, the hatred of women. Right. And so basically the story is that the divine mother, the creatrix, the, the, the divine feminine, you know, God being really truly was represented as a female deity at one point, but then, you know, that was all desecrated. Other texts came in and said God was a man. We stopped worshiping uh, the divine feminine. We we stopped worshiping female deity. We told we said that female deities didn't matter. They were less important. And so the energy of the divine mother was like, "What happened, y'all? Y'all just gonna say f me? Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna f y'all." And so the curse was actually 
brought upon humans what was happening to her in the spiritual realm and what was happening to her, quote unquote, you know, daughters, um, because the the males during this time they 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 destroyed the temples. Um, and this part is this part is 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 fact. This is research. Um, you know, men were destroying temples. They were um, hurting the male the women priestesses. They were you know like giving very much burning the scrolls being like no we don't want to worship y'all no more the the men basically got jealous um and so because of that iami great mother goddess cursed humanity um and because these were these were all black people engaging in this these were all melanated people okay these ain't white people this is before white people were even <laughs> but a breast okay so black, this was happening on the continent, that um, black people then were cursed. Now, specifically, it was kind of like, she described it as like men were cursed, but like black men specifically were cursed. And these were in multiple of the videos that I watched about that. But there's no cursing of a black man that wouldn't impact the black woman. You know what I mean? That's just like if I grow up in a household and something negative happens or somebody does something to my daddy or my, you know, my father figure, or my father is depressed because of something or he's at work and everything's horrible and he's getting pulled over by the police and he's has all these negative experiences and not really a place to to heal or to process that he comes home, all that stuff gets taken out on a family. So subsequently black people as a whole end up getting cursed, even though the curse itself was just on humanity, you know, patriarchy itself. Um, thus all of these negative things happening to black people. Now I am sitting with it. My intention today is not to really get into that. Um, but I wanted to share just so that y'all could understand where I'm coming from and what these cards, I thought it was very interesting when I said what to talk about on the podcast today, that these cards came up after watching, after going down a rabbit hole, because I like, um, is it, uh, what's it called? What's it called when you like to feel pain? <laughs> um, like, is it masochism? <laughs> I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of all these things that are extremely hard and difficult to listen to and triggering and. But I listened with curiosity today. Okay, so that's the story. That is the story um, that this E I shared and some other practitioners shared about why black people go through all the bullshit that they go through because of being cursed subsequently because of what happened to black women thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, I say that story to come back to this energetic footprint of being responsible for the decisions that we have made before having to answer to them and remembering that the things that we do now, someone else may have to answer for. Right. So in the case of this story, again, I'm not saying that that's true. I, I don't, I can't speak on what's true or not because I'm just a little old human child. I probably won't never know if it's true. Even after I die, some things God just going up. But I think the, what I'm getting at is, are you doing, are we doing things that will essentially hurt or harm our future people? 
Are we doing things that are, will hurt or harm the environment? Are we doing things that will uplift or subjugate? Because essentially, someone will have to answer for them. Even when we see, sometimes we see people in the world and it seems like they're just living life and they're like, but you're, you're fucked up ass. You ain't shit. How do they buy a new house? How do they seemingly have all these things? Well, first, we don't know. People be uh, fronting. <laughs> and ain't no future in the front. And people be fronting. But outside of that, even if someone is, quote, unquote, living a good life, don't forget, in these cosmologies, in these systems, in these belief systems, niggas always going to have to answer for something. People will always have to answer for their for 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 everything. You don't just do things and they don't have any energetic footprint. So this card, based in in Congo cosmology, is saying we need to be mindful of our energetic footprints. Are we proud of what the hell we doing? Are we proud of what we're putting out? Do we believe what we're saying? Who will be impacted by our works? Who is impacted by what we fight for? Who is impacted by the conversations that we have? We need to be thinking about that. Because it's not just us, right, as individuals. We are collective, communal. What affects me affects the compound and vice versa because we are part of it, right? So the next card that I pulled is Unravel. The next card is Unravel. Let's find the, okay, so I'll read this. It says, often we must go back to move forward, reflecting on past experiences with the intent to understand its effects on our psyche and behaviors is vital to our spiritual, emotional, and mental growth. Sifting through childhood wounds and unearthing family and generational traumas are no easy task. Be patient with yourself. Be accepting of yourself and be honest with yourself. Don't avoid doing the shadow work. Unravel yourself so that you can continue to create the energetic footprint with clarity. Very interesting that we, they, this card talked about energetic footprint and we pulled energetic footprint first. You can't make this shit up. But this card is about unraveling. So this card is looking back and seeing, are we cool with what we've done? Are we good with what we've done? But also this card about unraveling reminds us that Healing is our responsibility. Our responses to being traumatized and pain and hurt are our responsibility. That does not mean that it is our fault. But it means that it is our responsibility to the community, that it is our responsibility to the collective to figure out how can I be better? Because when I'm better, my people are better. When my people are better, I'm better. We're better. Niggas is better. So, and particularly again, after having watched those videos and feeling different ways about it and having to sit with it, but listening with curiosity, I'm like, okay, it, it, Regardless of how black the re regardless of the many, 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 many nuanced reasons of why us as black folks experience so much pain and trauma because of, you know, white domination, because of patriarchy, because of if you want to go down that EAS route, 
a curse, whatever it is, regardless of what it is, my point is it is now our responsibility. It don't even matter what it is. It don't matter. White people, whatever group of people, not just white people, but whatever group of people can project whatever they want onto our bodies. What do we do with that? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Do we then project that onto our own people? Do we then project that onto our kin? Some of us do that. So we have to take responsibility for how these things impact us because what impacts us impacts the collective. And unfortunately, shit don't be fair. (laughs) What I'm realizing so much of is that shit don't be feeling fair. That don't feel fair to me. Why I got to do all that? They hurt me. But that's the thing. I'm somebody who had trigger warning for sexual violence. I'm somebody who has experienced sexual violence before. And I know that the sexual violence that was perpetuated onto me, that those people that did that also had stories of sexual violence. I know that. I know that. But does that mean that they then get to perpetuate and hurt other people and harm anyone else? No. Does that mean I get to harm anyone else? No, hell no. I have to be, it is my responsibility now to not do that again. It's my responsibility now to heal. It is my responsibility to, to believe, you know, survivors, to believe, um, children around me to, you know what I mean? Like I have to take up a certain level of responsibility based on what happened to me because I, because people who have had trauma are more susceptible to projecting that trauma onto other people. So again, what is my energetic footprint? What is our energetic footprint? And how are we going to unravel? How are we going to go back to reflect so that we don't bring the past stuff into the future? Okay. So learning from our past unraveling, it also gives me very much, um, Sankofa vibes, which is super interesting with these Congo cars. A lot of the viewpoints and frameworks and ideas, cosmologies that um, come from Akan mirror what I'm seeing in the Congo. It's just like West Africa and Central Africa. There's a there's a lot of um, crossing paths and belief systems that are very similar. Okay. I hope y'all follow me. I know this is heavy stuff. I know it's I know it's heavy. It can be, but we we really have to be honest and, and start talking about our role in our liberation because um liberation it, it'll never be given to us. It'll never be handed over on a silver platter with a handkerchief and a, a salad fork and your dinner fork. It's just not. It will never be. Okay. So the next card that I pulled, and we have one more after this and we're done. So the next card I pulled was passing. It says, as you mature in life, you can expect to outgrow ideologies, professions, and relationships. Spaces in which you once felt connected to and a part of may no longer service you or your higher purpose. You will need to leave behind ideas, behaviors, places, and sometimes people so that you can blossom. Trust the process, even when it's difficult to do so. As the caterpillar cocoons, she cannot conceive of the butterfly wings that are to come. Yet she knows that her time as a caterpillar is passing. She surrenders faithfully. 
I want to highlight that word surrendering. Surrendering our old ideas and beliefs that no longer serve us. Surrendering those habits that we have that served us at one point that were probably protective. A lot of the a lot of the quote unquote negative things that we all are working through personally with our families, with our friends and therapy, a lot of those beliefs that we have about ourselves and others were protective at one point. We typically don't just have these ideas of like, you know, whatever, just because we have them. We have them because they served a purpose at one point and we've just held on to them and not let them go. So for me, this just kind of talked about consistently taking um, inventory of what we think is true for ourselves. And is that truth still serving you? Is that truth servicing your people, your kin, your community, the people, as Dana Lynn Knuckles would say, who are sharing the burden of survival with you? Or is it time to reframe? Is it time to rethink? Is it time to surrender the ego? Because we be so quick to, because we talk about healing, 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 healing. Healing sometimes is hearing some shit that you like, oh, hell no. Hell no, I don't want to hear that. That's some bullshit. I, I, I ain't listening to that. Why not? I mean, if it's some bullshit, we don't have to listen to bullshit. You know what I mean? But healing is also going to require being challenged is my point. <laughs> okay? So, again, this was a card I pulled. Spirit is asking us to be challenged and to allow things to be let go, whether that is a friend, a situation, a place that you've been frequenting or that you used to frequent that used to make you feel good. And now you go, you leave and you just feel yucky after, you know? So it's asking us to just take inventory, make sure that our beliefs are still serving us, that they're still relevant, that they're still popping. And to go back to the first card, leave a good energetic footprint. Okay. And our last card is two worlds. It's funny I pulled this card because I had tweeted as above, so below, and then I pulled this. So it says, as above, so below. Separated by the Kalunga line, the world of the living and the world of the spirits interdependently coexist. What is done in the world of the living is too done in the world of the spirits and vice versa. What you experience and witness in your life is a reflection of your existence within the ethereal to maintain harmony and balance. Tend to both your spiritual and living being. Um, as above, so below. That is an idea that is uh, very, that, that comes up a lot in African, various African cosmologies. What is happening in the spiritual realm is being reflected in the physical realm. So I thought it was very interesting from the video I watched when thinking about how the, how God being traditionally I'm saying traditionally female because that's what she was saying, but I personally believe that God is a, um, or creator, spirit, divine, or whatever we know is a compilation of all things, which does include female, but also includes everything else that's not that. But more or less, um, from an indigenous perspective, 
god goddess you know from from the older gods that we see were traditionally um drawn sculpted understood as written of and orally talked about as being um at least female bodied so that being said with this idea and concept that that goddess creatrix divine mother iami whatever was being desecrated in the spiritual realm. We also see how then women become desecrated in the physical realm. As divine mother weeps, women weep, right? So this lack of respect of women um, extending beyond what happens in the human space, but what also happens in the spiritual space. And this is for any group of people that are often oppressed or ostracized or ostracized or subjugated, not just women, but all different groups of people. Um, So as above, so below. How are we going to spiritually address some of the issues that we experience on the physical realm? That's kind of what my whole podcast is about, right? We we do this we do this uh, organizing work. We do this work to help people in the physical realm, but we also have to we have a spiritual component too. It's a holistic journey. It's a holistic healing. It's a holistic fight. It's a holistic experience. How are we addressing these atrocities spiritually? Yes, we can pray about it, but what else? What else can we do? That's important. I'm not even uh, trying to minimize prayer because we have to have uh, faith without, but faith without works is dead. We have to do the physical work. But this card, the two worlds, reminds me that work without faith, to me, is also dead. <laughs> we have to have both. We have to acknowledge if you are coming from a space of African cosmology, What's happening on the spiritual realm happens here. What happens here happens in the spiritual realm. So how do we address? How do we address poverty spiritually? How do we address that? I don't know. I'm asking. How do we address um, transphobia spiritually? How do we address that? How do we address subjugation of certain peoples? Of people experiencing poverty How do we address that? How do we even address what's going on with black people? Spiritually, what does that mean? What does that look like to me? Reason why we have this podcast, it means podcast honoring the self, but also honoring our spiritual selves, honoring our ancestors, our honorable ancestors, honoring black deity. Honoring black spirit, honoring the idea that spirits, some have a gender, but some don't, some change, some are one gender one day, another gender the other day, some never had one, some have one when they want to. 
Some are not interested. You know, it's acknowledging the complexity of human life, which means honoring the complexity of spirit life. And if it is possible in the spiritual realm, which all these things are because we have stories, we have oral tradition, we have pataki that can explain these things, then that work will then be reflected in the physical, in human form. So to go through again, we have our energetic footprint. What are we leaving behind? Are we proud of what we do? Because we'll have to answer for it. No good deed goes unpunished. We have unraveled. It is our responsibility. We are not, it is not our fault we experience what we experience, but it is our responsibility to take it by the reins and deal and heal and not perpetuate that. We have passing. So letting things go that need to go. People, places, things, ideas, ideals, whatever. Settings, letting that go. And then two worlds, as above, so below. What happens in heaven? At, um, what what the what the uh, what that one prayer? What God's prayer? Lord's prayer? Um, on earth as it is in heaven. Two worlds on earth as it is in heaven. Child, if 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 heaven is like earth, that means everywhere. <laughs> What y'all be saying on Twitter is ghetto. (laughs) I think it was Queen. Somebody was like, the ghetto was fun. This is not ghetto. I used to say it's very government. If if earth is how it is in heaven, then child window. Do we get a break? (laughs) It's giving very government. Very very ghetto government. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's those are my reflections today. Again. I don't want y'all to take nothing that I'm saying as anything. Um, That's just the cards that I pulled. Those were what I needed. I was supposed to say. Um, And I'm just sharing the things that I've been researching, reading, watching that have me just thinking, you know, I don't, again, I don't purport to know the answers to much of anything. I don't really actually know shit. Um, but I love listening to different viewpoints and, and sharing those viewpoints. And I think we all are supposed to come up with our own, you know, ideas, but I did want to root this episode in, in what spirit wanted me to say. And through this Chalks of Key Congo deck. So, so yeah, sit with that. Curious how y'all feel. I hope people aren't like mad at me <laughs> for for this episode or you feel like I was saying that black people are cursed. I'm I'm actually just saying that um that is a story that is being told in, in certain spiritual spaces and it's one that i I'm thinking about and one that um once I put my own feelings of being mad, upset, annoyed, stressed, whatever aside, I saw how it, how something like that could be explained via African cosmology, um, which is older than, than what I think. So 
that's all y'all um i hope you all enjoyed this episode um of course if you want to reach out to me you can hit me on my um twitter at it's juju bay also on instagram at i-t-s-j-u-j-u-b-a-e that's it no extra eyes no underscore it's juju bay if anyone hops in your ig and or wherever and says hello dear would you like a reading it's not me it's it's my scammer um you can also be up on my website if you want a book if you want a sponsor if you want to do all the things i'm there for you and i think that's it so y'all go in peace go in power go in liberation take care of each other take care of each other take care of yourself and remember all you need is a little juju later Manifested everything gives me props I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top My spirit's surrounded so I'll never drop, drop.